This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Wealth Puzzle. This is Mike Mansfield and Tana Pennington coming to you yes. straight out of the Lynn Group. <laughs> Tana, welcome to the party. Thank this you. Always exciting to do this with you. Yes. You know, uh, last week, I was actually hanging out with Tony Shore and, you know, we, you know he, he is the original person. <laughs> help me with this. And so we were having some good laughs about all the years that we recorded the show together. And what we figured out is with this hoity toity new software that we're using to actually visually make videos out of our podcast that everyone can watch on YouTube and rumble is guess what? Tony can be on here too. So in the nice. next week or two, we're going to have a, Yay. it's going to be like one of those old fashioned party lines good. where we're okay. all on here. We're all talking over <laughs> each other. It's going to be fantastic. That's so I'm, awesome. ex I'm excited about that. Yes. I that he's that a was great a cool guy. Idea. Yeah. So anyways, once again, uh, I'm Mike Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lynn Group. This is our podcast show that people commonly listen to. We call it the wealth puzzle here. Um, but good news for all of our longtime listeners. We have turned it into a, a visual show. <laughs> Oftentimes we show a lot of uh, or we talk about a lot of charts. We talk about a lot of articles historically. And so now the nice thing about recording a physical show is we can plop this stuff off. You can see what we're talking about. You can make sure it's real. We didn't make it all up. <laughs> um, so, you know, feel free to go to the YouTube, go, feel free to go to rumble, subscribe to my channel. It's our main company channel, the Lynn group, but we're starting to post these as weekly shows on there also. So you can listen to the podcast, obviously on your phone, on your smart device, kind of a thing. You can now watch the video. Uh, one of the things I brought up a couple of weeks ago that I thought was kind of cool is normally because we have someone edit the uh, the whatever this is called for the for the podcast purposes. They put the intros on there, the outros. Right. I'm not smart enough to do stuff like that. So I have to have a third party do it. And so, you know, it normally takes a number of days by the time we record these commonly on a Monday that it shows up. But the cool thing is, is I figured out how to download the video mm -hmm. version and I'm getting those loaded pretty quickly. They maybe don't have the beautiful, uh, you know, intro and exit at the moment, but we're working on that. This is getting exciting. <laughs> One day at um, a time. But hey, we, you know, appreciate all the feedback. So just give us a call. If you have questions about our show, the content, the things you would like us to talk about, the things that you're freaking out about, call us. That's what this is all about. This yeah. is about you, the listener and the viewer now. So give us a call, 805-500-7035, 805-500-7035. You can always visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. For all of the viewers, hot dog, I popped it up as a banner. I figured out how to do that so you can see our website and our phone number at the moment. Fantastic. So feel free to engage it. Engage. Full action here. So Tana... Tana is a retired, geez, how do you say it? I always, I always flub this. Cause I, there's that, there's that movie with that good looking dude. Um, what's his face? Ooh, there's a uh, lot of them. Is it Ryan Reynolds? Is that his name? Yeah. He's good looking. Uh, hey, how dare you? I'm, <laughs> I'm right. I'm offended. Uh, you know, I just, you know, physical, uh, human species or <laughs> specimen, you know, but anyways, he made a movie uh, that was, um, 
it was a stupid movie for that record. Um, R.I.P.D. I think it was called. Oh yeah, that's not yeah. me. That's kind of Tana's designation, <laughs> though. Every time I see Tana's name, I think of Ryan Reynolds, um, which is a fascinatingly yeah, weird, weird conundrum I have. Yes. Um, but Tana is an R.I.C.P. Yes. So very close to R.I.P.D., but she's an R.I.C.P. Retirement Income Certified Professional. What does that mean to anybody? I'd let Tana explain it, but I am a control freak. So that means that Tana. <laughs> has the ability to do retirement income yeah. cash flow planning. She can help you make good informed decisions above and beyond owning investments. She will help you just like I do, help you organize your social security, your pensions, yeah. your trust fund, your rental property. She'll build a beautiful cash flow. She'll help you understand the impacts of taxes and screwing up uh, your income so that you get Medicare penalties. She is mm -hmm. an expert at all things, all things expert, <laughs> expert at all. Something like that. Thank you. Yeah. Boy, put that all on a bumper sticker. <laughs> so, anyways, Tana, enough about you. <laughs> yes, enough about me. Move so on. Let's go on. So, did, what is today? Today is March 29th, two thousand twenty-one. Yes, April um, is almost here. I can't believe it. Time is flying. Tony Shore always chastises me for talking dates on here because then you can't reuse the shows. That's but okay. I, I like being current of any. And I also like to put it out there because sometimes we record these shows yeah. and then something happens. You know, this is Monday. Something happens on Tuesday or Wednesday and then you hear the show on Friday and you're like, geez, Mike and Tanner are really out of touch. <laughs> um, we're not. We're just, you know, we just don't know how to deal with the technology. Yeah. So Tana, what's going on in the world today? Anything good? There's lots going on. Lots to talk about, actually. Oh, you, yeah, you've been sending me a bunch of articles. So which one's uh, yeah. on the top of the chopping block? Ooh, there's some good ones. How about, let's start with the, uh, the one on, ooh, you got a good chart. I sent you a good chart. The chart. Okay. Let me see the chart, chart, chart. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this, okay. So this is the uh, CNBC article titled, yes. this chart. See, there's your chart. This chart shows why investors should never try to time the stock market. So yeah, I thought this was funny when you sent it to me because um, in my conference room, for anybody who's been in my conference room, I have this nice poster and it's called the odds of being positive. And what it shows, see, I've already blown it. I didn't know I was going to talk about this. If I was prepared, I'd be able to plop this up on the screen Sorry. and say, there it is. So I failed myself. But in the odds of being positive, what it does is it shows how many positive years the stock market has been positive out of the last hundred. Um, and then how many negative years, right? And, you know, not to quell the, you know, what's funny is there's another article you sent me that was like the six rules of retirement, uh, retirement. screw ups or something. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm, looking, goes for, hand I'm in looking for hand. it on my phone right now. I wonder if I have that on my phone <laughs> just because... Oh, crud. I wish I had that because there was there, one of the six flubs was people thought statistically the stock market was down more than it was up. And I thought that that was interesting because yeah. that's what my odds of being positive right. chart is. It shows that more or less the stock market is up every three out of four years. People don't yeah. feel like that, though. They remember all the negatives all the in the stuff. stock market, yep. right? Most so people true. think the stock market was negative in 2020 because it imploded. Turned out it was a positive year. You know, but we have so much, um, you know, PTSD from 2008 and things like yeah. that, that, you know, people are always confused on what is considered a good return, how often the stock market is up. Um, I'm, I'm slow talking this whole thing because I was figuring out how to pull it up. There it is. <laughs> so I got it up on the screen now for all the viewers. Now, see, now I got this banner in the way and I got to hide the banner. See, I'm, I'm getting there. You got it. I'm getting there. 
So what does this chart show? It was kind of an interesting chart. So for all of our viewers, you can see this. But what it what it did, or I think this, who was this? I was reading it. It was Morgan Stanley or Mer oh, it was a Bank of America. Bank of America went through this and they went through every decade since 1930. Remember the Great Depression? You know, a lot of things, hyperinflation in the 70s, all these mm -hmm. things people are all freaked out about. And what they did is they looked at the the return over a decade or excuse me, since 1930 to now. But they looked at it annualized. And so if you left all of your money in the stock market, Tana, you can see the chart. Dang it. I was going to ask you and you, you're literally looking at it. This I can is, see it. I know. I was going to ask you a question, but it's not much of a quiz question <laughs> if I show you the cheat sheet. <laughs> All right. All right. So anyways, uh, what does the chart say? So from 1930, if you kept your money in the S&P 500 in the general stock market since 1930, what would your total return be today? Tana, go. Total return? 28%. Yes. 28%. Wrong column. So see, even oh, with wrong the cheat sheet, you failed this. I did. You're right. Everybody, oh, is it 27,000? Geez. What are you doing right now? <laughs> You're killing me. So the price return is the first column. So if you add up all the total oh, returns since 1930, 000. it's almost 18,000%. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, it took a while, but 18,000 is kind of a big number. Yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe so. Maybe not. Maybe no. So what do people do when the stock market goes up and down? What, what do you think is one of uh, the, the human failures of humans in investing? Well, Any ideas, Tana? they panic. So when things they start panic. to fall, they panic and they just start selling. Yeah. Yeah. So I always describe the stock market like a roller coaster. Okay. So let's think about a roller coaster. Uh, you know, go strap yourself in. You got to make sure you have your mask on these days. Uh, you know what I saw? There was, there's something my wife was showing me that Magic Mountain or somewhere was saying that they they're asking people when they get back on roller coasters not to scream. Really? <laughs> yeah, they don't want to spread oh, the okay. COVID. Yeah. Um, but I thought that that was kind of. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone be quiet. That's so and weird. Hang on. <laughs> you know, my mom would scream. It's there's all no, outdoors. There's no stopping her from screaming. The um. So in any case. People panic, right? The human impulses, markets going down. I want to jump out. So back to the, the roller coaster analogy. When is it the easiest to get off a roller coaster? I'm going to give you two choices, Tana. And you tell me which one would be the easiest. So close your eyes, everybody. My eyes are closed. Think about sitting in that roller coaster seat. Okay. And, it, and it's, you know how it goes up the big hill right yep. out of the gate. And it starts doing that ticking noise. Yes. And it's slowly rolling up to the top, right? Okay, yep. so let's say that's one scenario. So you could get off right there while it's ticking to the top. Or then it goes over the edge. Ah! Oh, no screaming. So this is what it sounds like going over the edge now. It's because you can't, you can't scream. Sorry. What, what's Hannah doing? Sorry, my is, there phone. A, is there a flood coming at your house or something? No, it's Jeez beautiful outside. Louise. I asked everybody on the show week. to silence their phones. And, sorry. and you didn't. The um, or it goes over the edge and it's going over the first loop. In which two of those scenarios would you prefer to unbuckle and get off? Right before it goes down, like where it's all tick, 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 tick. Oh, okay, so while the, still yeah. ticking up. Yes, and and maybe that's because it's going at a relatively safe speed. Right. It's not upside down. It's not utter right. bedlam chaos. Yeah. Weird. Isn't that weird? Because statistically, most people would, would disagree with you and say, no, 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 Tana, you're an idiot. And the best time to get off a roller coaster is you unbuckle in the middle of a loop when it's going 100 miles an hour.
<laughs> uh, right? I mean, because isn't that the isn't that the reality of the boots on the ground? Yeah. Isn't that what most people do? Is they yeah. say, "Oh, it's scary. I'm upset." Ah, no screaming. And they they unbuckle right in the middle of the most extreme part of the roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 most people's investment experience. I have heard so many tragic stories of people that sold out in the end of 2008 and the mm-hmm. beginning of 2009. They just couldn't take it anymore. They yeah. were tired, they were exhausted, they were upset, that's and they true. didn't know what to do. So they sold it all and they, you know, and they put it in cash. You know, whatever they did with it didn't matter. But the problem is is that is the same example as trying to unbuckle on the roller coaster when it's going through the loop. That does not normally end well for people. Right. Now, maybe if you have some kind of cat-like reflexes and you just <laughs> Batman land on your feet, that'd be incredible. <laughs> Good luck with that. You know, me, I'd, I would have already lost one of my sandals and my hat would have blown off. And then I'm just, there I go. <laughs> your sandals. <laughs> I wouldn't wear sandals to Magic Mountain, but I've seen that. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> that's, why I've brought, that's why I brought that up, you know. Just, I'm more uh, of like a Boy Scout where you know you right? boots. boots on and you make sure you got cargo it's a long, shorts long day with, of walking. With, with with pockets that button and zip up. You know, <laughs> I, I I'm very practical. The cargo the, shorts. Um, but in any case, most people panic. And so there's a phenomenon investing that is just so incredible. And that is oftentimes the best days are closely related to the worst days. I mean, I could pull up charts in the last you know, five or 10 years where you say, oh my gosh, look at the market imploding in December of 2018. And then within a matter of days, it's just mm-hmm. shooting up like a missile through the roof. And so people will have these big lurches down, they'll panic, they'll jump off the roller coaster. To be right. fair, most of them don't survive that. And then the market starts going back up and you missed it. And so, once again, since 1930, Bank of America, through their charting, is saying that if you held the stock market, you would have had a total return of almost 18,000%. Yeah, that's amazing. But what they did is to make a point of people panicking and getting in and getting out and getting Mm -hmm. in and getting out is... They took out and they said, and then they have, there's a bunch of things on this chart if you're looking at the video. Um, but what they did, uh, see, I hate pictures in these articles because I can't highlight them. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta work on that. We gotta look at, put that on the note. Okay. It's like a Jurassic Park where they're like, all right, uh, the <laughs> item five thousand for today is the doors won't lock on the cars. Um, item five thousand for today is we can't figure out how to highlight an image in an article on the show. I'll work on um, that. We're working on it. See. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. In any case, if you then said, I'm smarter than the market, I'm going to sell out and then get back in when things feel a little better. <laughs> um, so what, what Bank of America did is what if over the last, you know, that time period, you took out the test best 10 days a year because you sold out of the market. You didn't want to be involved as it was going down. So you sold out and then you kind of got back in. So you end up missing these 10 best days of the year. Mm-hmm. What is your total return since 1930, Tana? For the smallest number. The smallest number. So that was the 17th. No, that was the 28,000. 28%. Or 28%. Sorry. 28%. I'm sorry. Yeah, 28%. <laughs> Tana <laughs> is challenging herself by looking at her computer screen upside down. <laughs> it is. If you can learn to do that, it is incredible. Um, but what's funny is, remember, oh, if you held awesome. the market over that time period, you're up 18,000%. If you thought you were smarter than the market, yeah. you missed out on a bunch of good days throughout those years, your total return is 
Big huh? difference. Twenty eight percent. I mean, the stock market was up twenty eight percent by itself in two thousand nineteen. <laughs> you know, yeah. in just one year. Um, so it's fascinating. You know, doesn't mean that you know some people aren't smart and we don't make some good moves here and there, and we're not tactical and efficient with what we're doing. But if we're living truly on emotions, the whole point of this is to say, hey, you got to be really conscious because normally when the stock market goes down, guess what? It goes back up and you can't be irrational and get off the roller coaster. The time to get off a roller coaster is when it's doing really well. I mean, for example, let's be fair. What is the stock market more or less right now? It's more or less at all time highs. This is the time to get out of it and say, you know what? I've done really well. I did really well last year. Market's doing really well this year. Maybe I'll take some chips off the table. That to me is a more rational decision because the stock market is just ticking up. Doesn't mean it's going to go down tomorrow. We don't know when and where, but you need to be very conscious about these emotional decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot of things that drive people doing that. I mean, the one failure that I would say significantly is when people aren't managing risk based on time horizon. For example, when the stock market crashes, if you're a 40 year old and this is your 401k and you can't touch your money for 20 years, what are you doing? Selling out of the market yeah, when it's no. going down. Just stay the course. Stay the course. Buy more while it's yeah. down. Give me a break. I mean, everything is a math problem, right? Last year we talked about this is when the stock market was crashing from February to March last year, it was the worst stock market crash of anybody's lifetime that's alive here. It was a 40% decline in a five-week period. Nobody has ever seen that before. And, you know, that was overwhelming. That was intense. And, you know, like we were saying is, if you panicked on the way down, you got out. And then what happened after it bottomed out last March? Started it started climbing up. Yeah. And it started climbing up relatively quickly because yeah, what did, did the government do? The government intervened. They started spending a lot of money. They really rallied this stuff back. Um, but once again, it's all a time horizon game. Honestly, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm now like uh, I'm rifting. Is that what they call it? We just kind of talk. Because I had a really good point rifting. that I wanted to make. Grifting? Rifting? I don't know. There's a word there. <laughs> That, that's somewhere in my head. Um, I had a really good point I was going to make, and I was, I was ready to land the Apollo here on the moon and, and like just awe people. And it's just gone. It's gone. I think the pressure of looking at myself on this show freaks me out sometimes in any, Oh, it's back. The It came back. I'm back. <laughs> maybe that was like, maybe that's just like the early onset dementia I'm getting. <laughs> For me as an investor, when the stock market is crashing, I care about the fundamentals of the market. Now, granted, what happened last year was an unprecedented thing, right? The, the government shut the stock market down. We don't have that as an experience. But when the stock market starts rolling down, there's mathematical things that, that go into the, the remember, what, what is the stock market all about? It is companies, right? Companies making money. So why does theoretically... Big picture, the stock market go down. Yeah, it's a, it's impulsive in the moment. It goes up and it goes down. But the reason it goes down big picture is if the profitability of a company is at risk and a company is going to make less money, then therefore its stock is less valuable. Therefore, it goes down. Does that make sense, Tana? Yes. You got to be my, um. you got to be the, the, the judge and the jury on this. You got to stop me when I'm saying stuff that makes no sense instead of, you know, I got... <laughs> Other ways we need to figure out how to do live calls. The um, So anyways, market's crashing last year, right? Pretty crazy. Everyone's freaking out. A lot of phone calls. We're debating it. But to me, what was fascinating by mid-March was in mid-March, the, the mathematical equivalence of how much the stock market had dropped represented 
corporate earnings for 2020 being down something like 60 to 80%. Mm. Well, that's pretty big, right? So let's think about this for a second. In 2008, stock market dropped, right? It's, it's perhaps the more memorable stock market drop. You know, the market was down a little over 50% over a year and a half, right? So even though 08 was horrific and took a long time to bounce back, it was it was a completely different cake that got big. But when when 08 was completely done, all right, Tana, any guesses on how much corporate profits were down in 08? Any guesses? Mm. If you guess the number 44%, that would be pretty close. Any guesses? 44%. Excellent. <laughs> Crushed it. Crushed it. You know, we need like, you know, like on fancy text messages oh, now, dear. it's like if you put happy birthday and it like explodes with balloons right? and stuff. I don't, we I, need I, that right now. We need that with like stars and stuff. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I got that right. Anyways, that was phenomenal. So in 2008, corporate profits were down 44%. So you're like, well, wait a second. The market's down 40% last year. Corporate profit, you know, are estimating a 60 per 80% decline, almost double what happened in 08. That seems very irrational when we're coming off of a phenomenal economy, jobs being created, companies flush with cash, low inflation, everything's firing on all cylinders. The only issue we had was the government pushed the pause button, right? That was the only issue we had. Now, big issue, right? Uncertain issue. But the the estimate of corporate profits falling almost 80%, yeah. to me, seems so irrational that it seemed excessive. So, you know, with a lot of clients, as we coached people, hey, you got to stay back in. You got to mm-hmm. start buying. I mean, we had a lot of aggressive clients actually buy in in March mm-hmm. based on that irrational decline. And, you know, what happened? The government stepped in. The government spent a lot of money and the stock market went back up. But once again, what do we know? I know a lot of people that I've met over the last year that unfortunately sold out when it started going down. Some people got back in. Some people didn't know what to do. They didn't get back in. They start to become the example of this chart is you missed out on a lot. Yeah. Another perfect example. Now, granted, we are already 20 minutes into this, Tana, and you said you had 15 (laughs) things to talk about, and I'm on the first thing still. Right. So we need, um, we need like, you know what else we need is like, one was like flashing red buttons. (laughs) To Um, tell you to wrap it up. Yeah, wrap it up. Or or like, uh, you ever go to like uh, one of those um, like Brazilian meat places where they cut the meat off and you know what I'm talking about? No, because I don't go there. Come on. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't like that much meat. (laughs) Well, you know, it's a little salty, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Never been. I have been before. Yes. So like on the table, they normally have this like thing that's like green and red that you turn up and down. So like if you want more meat, you turn it up to green. (laughs) And then if you don't, you turn it to red so you can take the break. (laughs) Maybe we need like, maybe you just need one of those on your shelf and you can just turn it to red when, when, when I've done enough. Yes. That's a great idea. The uh, <laughs> another example, just real quick, and then we'll we'll spend like three seconds on something else after burning everybody else on out on whatever we're even talking about. Uh, the election happened last year, right? Mm-hmm. Once again, mm-hmm. people are smarter than the stock market. So I met a ton of people. In fact, a handful of my clients, and and I I don't care which client you are, you can attest to the fact that if you called me saying you wanted to sell before the stock market or excuse me, before the election, I told you not to. Mm-hmm. Don't don't ever say otherwise. I told everyone, no, that's not the way it works, man. You got to stay in. This makes a lot of sense. However, 
we, um, Tana and I realized who the money belongs to. And so we did have a handful of clients that wanted to sell out of the market prior to the election. Uh, any guesses what happened after the election in the stock market, Tana? Yeah, it went up. It went up. Yeah, it went up a lot, actually, mm-hmm. the week of the stock market mm-hmm. or the election. Oh, I keep saying that. It went up. And the stock market rallied pretty hard. And one way or another has rallied pretty hard ever since. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once again, you use your emotion, you use your gut, all these things to make decisions. And, you know, I hate to say it more often than not, you're wrong. Where you have to be conscious of money is time horizon. If mm-hmm. you need money in the near term, you shouldn't be in the stock market. If your money is your income that you need next month, right. you shouldn't be in the stock market anyways. But if you're looking at a bucket of money that you do not need in the foreseeable future, you've got a three, five, seven, 10, 20 year time horizon on it. You can't try to be smarter than the market. Doesn't mean that you can't, you know, goof around with some speculation, you know, cause you like Tesla stock or something, but big picture you need to figure out if you're a long-term investor or not. If you're mm-hmm. a long-term investor, you take a deep breath, you stay the course, you buy while it's down, you play the game. If you're a short-term investor, it's completely different. You need to be really questioning why you're in the stock market because if you're a short-term investor, guess what the stock market is? It's called gambling. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no clue what the stock market is going right. to do over the next 30 days. I have a lot of strong opinion of what it's going to do over the next year or two. Right. Right. But, you know, big picture, the stock market is a good deal because, you know, like you see on the chart on the screen, man, since the 30s, if you just hung on, hold your reins, I wonder, you know, it'd be interesting to like figure out, you know, okay, I put a hundred bucks in, you know, what, what does that end up being? I don't know. A bajillion dollars. Anyways. <laughs> um, whew, okay. <laughs> I don't even know where we go from here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about that, um, that cargo ship? That was interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, that, that was really cool. That, yeah, yeah. Well, not, that was horrible, but it was a very interesting thing just because of the scale affects, of it. Right. So in the, yeah, the Suez Canal, this, this monster boat somehow gets wedged in there. I still haven't seen how it happened. Um, you know, uh, was the guy playing Pokemon go and the little thing <laughs> totally distracted. The side and he was chasing it over there or something. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what happened on Netflix. There was a, uh, a show I used to watch with my kids and I can't remember what it was called. It was some kind of like, I don't want to say modern marvels. It was some kind of like massive engineering marvels where they would have these giant engineering jobs. Like, you know, how do you change the antenna on the top of a skyscraper? And how do you replace the motor on a cruise ship? You know, just all this like crazy monster, massive things, you know, that, that just, it, it, was, it was a cool show. I don't remember what it was called. I apologize. I, I failed again, but, um, but, but the ship reminded me of it, right? Because it's just this massive issue wedged in there that nobody knows what to do. They're hitting it with tugboats. You know, they're, they're, they're down 1300 there. 1300 feet long. 1300. Yeah. As long as the empire state building. Really? Really? Yes. Yes. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. That yeah. seems, that seems huge. Yeah. The, um, really that I'm surprised by that. That's huge. You know, and then the weight 
Yeah, I saw the rudder was stuck in the sand mm-hmm. and I just I mean it was a mess, but it, but it also, you know, created a lot of problems. So we had a bunch of supply chain issues. So all of those things, you know, the world is a global economy, you know, it flows through all of this stuff. You had liquefied natural gas get trapped. There's something like 600 boats backed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the other side, they're trying to reroute them. You wonder about things like perishable fruits and, you know, right. things that boats carry. I mean, what a what a mess. So they estimated there was $9 billion worth of goods that passed really? through that 120 mile waterway. That's a lot. That means I wonder, 400 million per hour. That's geez. so crazy. That's peanuts around here at the Lynn group. <laughs> the, um, you know, it's fascinating. I don't know what the, the, like the specific boats liability is to all of that. Yeah. You know what they need is, you know, like bumper bowling, how they put those things up. <laughs> The bumpers. Yeah, it seems like they could have some big boat bumpers, you know, jing, jing, so just kind of bounces along. Kind of like um, like at Disneyland, you know, like when you're on like yeah. one of those log rides or something, right. it kind of hits the sides, but it keeps going straight. <laughs> you should invent that. And then and then we'll be, you know, good idea. Although this get is in on, very on rare the action of some of that money you're talking about. So maybe not such a need yet, because that was pretty rare. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know that I've heard that one before, but could you imagine? I mean, it's just it was, it was. That's a big boat. I didn't realize it was so big. I saw the pictures. What was cool is they had these pictures of like the you know the people in charge of the mess standing down on the on the beach in front of the front of the boat. You know, and they're just these little specks. Yeah, you know, standing compared there, to the giant. Uh, I don't know what to do. What do you What do you think we should do? Yeah, so I I, I vote for call Superman. Yeah. I know. Where was he? We need him. <laughs> hey, he spin the world backwards. Remember, remember that? Like stop the earthquake. That was oh dear. That is so cool. All right. Well, like I said, that you know, we spend one minute on every other topic. So you got anything else before yes. we wrap this up? Yep. There's another article that I pulled. There's six retirement rules of thumb. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we were talking about yep. earlier. I was looking at it on my computer, and every time I switched to one of them. It like played a video. It was really annoying. The, yeah, this um, first concept though is pretty interesting. It's something that we've talked about many times regarding, you know, Medicare. When people are planning for retirement, they don't realize how much of their retirement is going to need to be allocated for, you know, Medicare and the premiums or their prescription drugs, or right. you know, there's. There's a lot well, to it. Was there a number on there? Because I don't have the article in front of me anymore. Yeah. So most people think that you're going to need about fifty to a hundred thousand, and that's very low. You just actually, for Medicare premiums and stuff. Well, just you know your average health costs for retirement, but that's, and that's very per, per person. Right, but actually, you really need two hundred and ninety-five thousand. Oh, okay. So what? So what the article was saying is that. People think one thing and the reality is exactly, exactly. Okay. So they're planning a lot lower cost. Correct. And that's for run of the mill expenses. That's not even getting into a few hearing aids. Long-term care, even long-term care. Toss a couple teeth in the dumpster kind of a thing. Yeah. Hearing. Um, Yeah. Right. You know, and then yeah, long-term care is a completely different monster. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, married couple, you need to have 300 grand to cover all your healthcare costs. Yes. Because. Retirement, it's going to be longer and longer as people are living longer with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've got this thing up on the screen now, so you guys should hopefully be able to see it. Any other things you gleaned out of there? I'm clicking on it. Um, oh, so no, there's the that wig and social security. I got to turn it off. 
Oh, sorry. That's all right. Sorry, I can't share. That's I, okay. I haven't figured out the wiggy out thing yet. So one of the things that we've talked many times is about the Social Security and how people tend to run out and claim it right at 62. But that really shoots yeah. them in the foot because you're leaving money on the table. Well, it's a fragile balance because people will debate that every which way. They'll be like, well, no, if I take it early, I get more um, right. because they collect it. But it's a burden in the hand. You have to look at where the break even exists. Yeah. Taking it between 62 and 66, you got to live to like 70 in order to just mathematically get more in your pocket by waiting. But it's big picture. There's two things that people do not think about with Social Security that really wonkies up your retirement income plan. Social Security is tax favorable. Ah, if you can see me on the screen, ah, I'm going to keep shaking that. Like nobody wants to get that one. It's yeah. completely tax free in California. It's completely tax free in Texas, too, um, which is ironic, right? Uh, no income taxes. Um, it's only partially taxed federally. They're talking about making it less taxable federally too. Mm -hmm. So compare that to your 401k, compare that to your IRA, compare that to your pension. Everything else you own is, geez, I was going to really get out of control there, <laughs> is taxable. Social security is tax favorable. So even when you're doing your little break, even well, if I wait till 66, you know, I got a little, you know, nobody is calculating the concept of tax liability in there. You then lump on top of it being an external benefit with a government cost of living adjustment. This is the stuff is, this stuff is, is gold. Are there problems with it? Are there issues? Is there fears? Absolutely. But the biggest fear should be, what do you look like if you accidentally live too long? Yeah. You know, you take that early social security, it, it really hoses you. And then on, on top of it, it hoses your spouse from a survivorship standpoint. There's a lot to think about there. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like I commandeered that from you, but thank you. I enjoyed it. The um, Look, Tana, I hate to be rude, but I think we've kind of come to yeah, the end of the, the time here. We, we did two out of six, maybe? Yeah, was, we did good. It was good. I, I'd like to think we picked the best out of the six to talk about. Um, but we can always circle back on that next time. So, hey. We love all of our listeners. Like I said, here at the Lynn Group, we do retirement income planning. Give us a call, 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. If you have questions about the show, if you have questions about your retirement plans, if you have a your own retirement plan or you need one, call us. We'll, we'll help you out with this stuff. This is what we do. This is all we live and breathe. We love all of our listeners. And we appreciate all your time. And uh, once again, same time, same place next week. So everybody have a, a great week. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.